Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. I'm going to be talking about the future of the DC slate of movies from Warner Brothers and DC, the weekend preview on this Thanksgiving Eve. But first, I want to venture out into a galaxy far, far away, as now we're only a mere two to three weeks away until the final saga film in the Skywalker saga. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker is almost here. Disney's basically getting off of one foot off the gas pedal right onto the other from Frozen 2 to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We're getting more and more press from the film. J.J., Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, they are all on Good Morning America. They've been giving reviews to other press publications as well. So we're really into the thick of Star Wars media right now between, again, Rise and The Mandalorian is also on Disney Plus every single Friday. Star Wars is in full gear right now as we close out 2019. And again, while JJ and the cast and crew are doing their press release for The Rise of Skywalker right now, we're also getting some more indication of what opening weekend is going to be looking like on December 20th through the 22nd, leading into that big frame of the holidays. And right now, according to Variety initial box office prognosticators, Rise of Skywalker is right now tracking at around 175 to 200 million dollars. So, right now it could either fall on the lower end at 175 or within 200 million dollars or anywhere within that range. Now, again, just to reiterate, this is initial box office tracking. This doesn't mean that this is going to be what it's going to make in between when it comes out opening weekend. You got to still count take into account the marketing that is going to affect right now, there's been a lot of promos that have been coming out. There's been uh, there's just the first official clip that came out on Monday, which you saw Ray, Poe, and Finn all come out together, and, and you see them on their adventure. So there's still a lot more press to be had with this movie. They still have to have the red carpet world premiere, which right now is going to be falling on December 16th, which is going to be the Monday before the Rise of Skywalker's release that Friday, which is usually what happens with a lot of the Star Wars films. It happened with The Force Awakens, happened with Rogue One, The Last Jedi. And Solo, even though that didn't come out in December, in May, it fell on that line of scheduling as well. So there, there's still a lot to be within the next few weeks to happen. And then when you come out with the week of release, you still have the reviews that are going to come out. And usually, and this happens a lot with great word of mouth, the movie the movie always, the, the projection jumps up. So something that could be right now 200, 205 could very well jump up to around 220, 230 in the long run. But looking at just the initial predictions right now and looking at that 175 to 200 million dollar range to me that's not so surprising for the initial range I think because of again the divisiveness of what the Star Wars fandom has been over the last few years there's still some some giving go of of do people trust JJ to close out this trilogy or is there still a sour taste for what episode 8 brought again I've always said and I know people that have said it as well that are on the, the side that the last Jedi was great in what they did. Even with the, the choices that were made, people loved the way that the Star Wars universe went in that direction. But some people did not like what happened in, the net, in that direction, and that might deter people away. I also think for the fact that you've had some time in between each and each entry in the sequel trilogy, and also again when pre-tracking. I, I always say that you can, you can indicate sometimes into what pre-tracking looks like when when you have the when you have the the online ticket sales and and the online tracking that sometimes can give you a sense of what's going on but sometimes it can and, and I'm wrong when I say sometimes that it gives a good indication sometimes it doesn't 
And the fact that when the online tickets went on sale for The Rise of Skywalker and there wasn't a big pull about, there weren't any big records broken. Fandango and Adam reported in the first 24 to 48 hours that it was breaking records in terms of biggest Star Wars film to hit in the first 24, 48 hours. But other than that, it didn't break anything big, didn't have any kind of Avengers Endgame records that it was breaking. Not that after the kind of record that Endgame was breaking during that time, the Rise of Skywalker isn't getting anywhere near that, and people have said it, and it's it's a clear sweep that The Rise of Skywalker is not coming close to the numbers that Avengers Endgame was able to rack in its opening weekend and throughout its entire run when it came out in April into the summertime. But, however, it still could launch into being the best opening weekend for a Star Wars film. I wouldn't put it out of the way that if people are enjoying this film, early releases are coming out, the opening weekend, that this is a great Star Wars film. People that might have been deterred away from Episode Eight are going to love this last film. It gets people going. I think also the fact that this is the last edition in the Skywalker saga. As of right now, for the foreseeable future most likely, and for a long time, we're not going to get any more Rey, Poe, Finn. Obviously, unfortunately, tragically, we're not going to get any more Princess Leia. Carrie Fisher is fortunately passed away a few years ago. Mark Hamill, we're probably not going to get any more Luke. This is really pretty much it for this iteration of the Star Wars universe, really. The Skywalker saga. This is the last time we're going to see these popular characters. But we're still going to get Star Wars movies and TV shows. Obviously, we're getting that indication right now with The Mandalorian, which is fantastic television right now. I highly recommend everybody to get Disney Plus just to watch that show. What Favreau and Filoni and that group and, and Lucasfilm is able to do right now and show what the future of Star Wars can look like after they're done with the Skywalker saga is brilliant. And I think we're going to get more movies and TV shows that expand the Star Wars universe wherever it fits into the timeline, whether it takes place during the prequel time or original trilogy time or before the sequel trilogy or after the sequel trilogy. It, it, the, the universe is so expansive. And I think that is where the big questions come into effect about where the where Star Wars goes from here. But I don't want to get I don't want to get into that. I've talked about that enough, and I'm sure I'll be talking about it months and and weeks after the Rise of Skywalker comes out, leading into the Rise of Skywalker. But right now, it's all about the box office and looking at what the Force Awakens made its opening weekend: two hundred forty-seven million dollars. The Last Jedi: two hundred twenty million dollars. And just going into it, Avengers: Infinity War made two hundred fifty-seven million dollars. It's gonna fall within the top five, probably all-time opening weekends of all time. I have no doubt that it will do that. But I think also what we have to take into account is maybe people are fatigued by Star Wars a little bit. I don't necessarily think so, but that could be a case as well. I also think it's it's a plausible case that it just happened with Frozen 2. Disney is, they've always been this way. They were with this with Avengers Endgame where they said, if we hit $300 million, we'll be happy with that, of course. You know, we might hit $300 million. We're not going to go overboard with it. And then they said, and then lo and behold, $357 million, one over a billion dollars opening weekend worldwide. Disney is very conservative with their opening track numbers, their track numbers in general. They're very, even with Disney Plus, they're, they're very, they came out $10 million, it's, it's opening day Disney Plus, and they're saying, oh, 60 million, 90 million by 2024. I think they'll hit that number way before then, but they're very, they're, they're very lean back about it. They're like, we, we, we want to see where everything is. I think at the back of their minds, they know that they can pass these numbers, but they don't want to set that high of a bar. Again, they have it in the back of their minds, but they don't want to come out and say, we're going to hit $300 million. We're going to hit a billion dollars worldwide. We're going to hit $250 million opening weekend for the rise of Skywalker. Again, I think two, we'll be happy if we hit $200 million, which again, $175 to $200 million. 
I think any studio, Disney, Warner Brothers, Lionsgate, Paramount, Universal, they would all love to hit that number anywhere. Any movie, they would hope to hit that number no matter what. Disney makes it look so easy to hit that kind of number. It's it's so hard to hit $200 million worldwide. You look at all the movies that have done it, they've all been associated with Disney. Again, Disney makes it look so easy to do, but it's so tough. It takes, and even something like Hobbs and Shaw wasn't able to hit over $100 million at the box office. Joker, which is a huge success, wasn't able to hit over $100 million this opening weekend. It Chapter 2 was able to do it. It's so hard to hit that kind of mark. Even over $100 million is tough to do. 200 you have to be something special, which, again, which is what the the, the Rise of Skywalker is. It, it, it's something special. And so I think the fact that you have all these new TV spots and clips, and I, also the runtime, it's 2 hours and 21 minutes, which is the second longest Star Wars film. The Last Jedi clocks in at around 2 hours and 30 minutes. So it's, it's a little bit shorter than a lot of people thought it would be the longest one by like 5 minutes, but... I still think whatever the runtime is, it's whatever JJ thinks it needs to be. So we'll see what happens. Again, I, again, this I think this is just very conservative numbers. This isn't this is initial box office tracking, and I'm not surprised by the tracking. I'm, I'm not surprised by it at all. I still think that people are excited about this, but not at the same level as like an Avengers Endgame because I do think while I love the Last Jedi, some people might not be in agreement for what has come out of the film side of the Star Wars universe so far, and they may be a little trepidated. But I think. Once reviews start coming out, I think people start seeing this movie. I think we're going to see a a big leap in terms of the the next few weeks afterwards, in terms of the last few weeks of 2019, the beginning weeks of of 2020. It's going to have long legs to get to. I, I still think it's going to hit around a billion and a half at the worldwide box office and be one of the top five grossing films of 2019. I don't think it would be tough for me to say it could. The throne. I think it could it could be top three, honestly. It'd probably be the top three. If it grosses a million and a half, it would have to surpass the Lion King, which I think would be in the top three of the year. So yeah, I, I don't I definitely top five. Definitely most likely it'll hit top three at the worldwide box office. But when all is said and done for 2019. I think even with the stiff competition that's coming out, you have Jumanji that's coming out a week before. I think that's gonna have big legs and could have really good counter programming for people that might might have enjoyed Jumanji the first weekend maybe they don't they can't get Rise of Skywalker tickets they can go see Jumanji again so I think Jumanji is going to benefit for this I think Cats is going to be good counter programming as well cuz not everyone's going to want to go see Star Wars or they're sold out there there's going to be other things to go see so I think everything is going to benefit from Star Wars being out and I think Star Wars is going to have a lot of legs going into the end of the year into the beginning of the new year but guys what do you think about star wars box office tracking with these initial estimates do you think they're too high do you think it's too low what do you think let me know or do you think it's just right let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts now moving on to another area to talk about and that is from a variety article in which they they update us about the dc film slate that is coming out and very interesting stuff just a few takeaways from this it, it details the future of the the dc films that are coming out after the huge successes of aquaman this year with joker for warner brothers and they have a very interesting slate coming up of course next year with birds of prey and wonder woman 1984 birds of prey is expected to be r-rated along with the suicide squad which is being directed by james gunn and it's bringing back margot robbie and a few others from the film that was in 2016 directed by david ayers 
And also what's interesting is it details very long futuristic things that are going to be happening. Apparently, according to the report, J.J. Abrams has met with Warner Brothers and Michael B. Jordan about a Superman movie. They've also met with J.J. Abrams to discuss a Green Lantern film. There's also been some updates on the Aquaman 2 front in which right now Aquaman at least won't be starting to film until 2021. I'm sure with the busy schedules of both Momoa and James Wan, they're not able to fit shooting until that date so we're probably not going to get an aquaman 2 at least until 2022 2023 the latest the bat the batman characters the batman is a few interesting updates as well in which they talked about how at least with all these villains that maybe the film would take place kind of in like a raid setting which would be set in arkham asylum the whole entire time apparently arkham asylum is going to be a factor in the movie but there will be some scenes not the entire movie set in Arkham Asylum, and also the supporting characters from this new Batman movie with Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman, you have Paul Dano's Riddler, you have Colin Farrell's The Penguin. They could potentially, if they are big successes, they could potentially have spin-off films of their own down the line. You also have the Flash movie, there's an update on that in which the movie, which is now written by Ezra Miller, they have a, they have a director in Andy Muschietti from the It films over the last few years. But apparently they won't start filming anything or doing anything on that front until Ezra Miller is done, who plays Barry Allen in the Flash movies, until he's done with the new Fantastic Beast movie, which starts shooting next year. And then you have some things about the Birds of Prey and also what happening with our rating, in which really goes into, into detail about how Fox is being the new... The, since Fox is now being owned by Disney, there's uncertainty about... Fox greenlighting all these R-rated properties in their superhero worlds, what they did with Deadpool, what they did with Logan, and that now they're going to be doing more, that Warner Brothers could be taking that realm of greenlighting more riskier superhero projects that are R-rated, like a, a, a Birds of Prey or a Suicide Squad, or even if they do a Joker 2 down the line, or something else DC set originated, whether it be directed by Todd Phillips or somebody else, Warner Brothers is willing to take that risk, now seeing the results of what Joker was able to do this year. And so I think for a a, a Birds of Prey, that could really work to its benefit, in which we don't get something down and gritty, we get something more pop and circumstantial and more flashy in, in Birds of Prey, the, emancipa the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is a long title, which is why I think people are sticking to just Birds of Prey, in which you get something a little bit more more zeitgeisty, and I, and I like that. And and as long as they freshen things up, I think they'll be fine. And again, these are all just reports. There's nothing set in stone right now. These are just updates that are happening. Which apparently, according to Variety, according to their sources, studios the studio has met with these people, and that right now the, this is what's going on in the future of the the DC world. And it seems like right now. Does, it doesn't seem all interconnected, which I think for them is what DC is going for right now. In the beginning, and with BVS, Justice League, Suicide Squad, they were all trying to interconnect in some kind of way. And I think what and it says in the article, what they found is that you can't be Marvel. And I was, and this is my line of thinking as well. You couldn't be Marvel right away. You couldn't do the team ups right away. You couldn't get people to love these characters right away. What Marvel did so well was they developed the solo movies, they developed the characters. Then you have the crossover in which you already know these characters and you love them even more and you get to know them even more through these crossovers. And I think that's what DC is going to be doing now more than ever. <coughs> and I think what, sadly, I think what this also means is the fact that uh, with with the Superman, 
it doesn't seem like Henry Cavill, Cavill is going to be the Superman going forward, unfortunately. I think there were just reports saying that Henry Cavill wants to keep on playing Superman. He would keep on playing Superman. But according to these reports, if there is speculation that they met with Michael B. Jordan about doing a new kind of Superman film, it might lead Lenkrenitz. Again, if they were able to get Michael B. Jordan to play Superman, I mean, Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor. He's one of the best working in the game right now. I would have no problem with it whatsoever. I just think that, and I think a lot of people are on the same line of thinking, Henry Cavill just didn't get a fair chance of playing Superman. He didn't. He had a Man of Steel, which I thought he did great in as a character. I really thought he was given a disservice in Batman v Superman. It was more Batman's character, Batman's movie. And he was, even though it says BVS, he was kind of really put more to the side than the theatrical version. And I just think he just wasn't given a fair share of things. And apparently J.J. has been talking about Green Lantern movie. We talked about that. But if you get Bad Roas to be a part of the Superman world and Michael B. Jordan, I'd be happy with that. Do what you need to do. I feel like what they're trying to do now is fit things that are successful like a Harley Quinn. And then you also have a more along the lines of a um, – you have more along the lines of doing a Wonder Woman, having Aquaman, and to have the popular characters that have done so well – and then you go more along the lines of doing something like a, a um, well, what's the word? A, you, you fit these characters in. That's what I'm looking at. You fit these characters into this new model that you're trying to make. So I would be fine with that. I would be fine with them kind of rebooting this universe and doing it right. If they get it right, then I think they'll be fine. They'll be golden in what they're doing. So, again, this is all speculation. This is this is from a Variety article, which Variety is a, is a high-ranking tabloid that a lot of people trust. They have great insiders, and these insiders are telling them what potentially could be going on behind the scenes with Warner Brothers and their DC company and their DC production company right now with what they're going on. So nothing confirmed by Warner Brothers right now, but, again, this is something that is in that are in the works right now. And one last thing is that apparently a lot of people have been clamoring for the Snyder Cut. Apparently right now, it's from Warner Brothers Insiders, it is a pipe dream. It is never going to happen, and I, I understand that. I would love to see what they could do with it, and... Some people are right in the terms of it's it's not going to cost them a lot of money. You just put it out on HBO Max and just let it be out there. But I think they're not going to want to open that can of worms again. They're, they're looking towards the future. That's in their past, in which take it what you want. You like that film or not. I happen to like the, the Justice League movie that came out. But I think for them, how it was a financial disaster for them, they want to look forward in all the successes they're having now with Aquaman, Wonder Woman, now Joker, and Shazam. They're having a lot more success over this half, this part of the decade than they had in the beginning with BVS and Suicide Squad and even Justice League. So these last two, three years, really two years, have really been a big success for DC and Warner Brothers. Guys, what do you think about all this? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now to go on to the weekend preview. Now, it is Thanksgiving weekend, so a lot of the movies, in order to come out with the rush of Thanksgiving, which usually happens, they come out on Wednesday. So as of right now, you can see all these movies in theaters. So starting out for the big one that's coming out this weekend, it is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, and has starring a plethora of cast that is just insane daniel craig chris evans Ana de Armas, michael shannon jamie lee curtis tony collette katherine langford chris Plummer. I, I could talk forever about this cast but the, it is a incredible cast it's a murder mystery it's got a 96 on rotten tomatoes it premiered at the toronto film festival which it got rave reviews there's been some potential oscar talk for this movie 
And the critic consensus for this movie is that Knives Out sharpens old murder mystery tropes with a neatly assembled suspense outing that makes brilliant use of writer-director writer Ryan Johnson's stellar ensemble. And I've said this since I tweeted out with the first trailer that came out during the summertime. Again, I love Last Jedi. I will defend it. I will defend that movie. Does that have problems? Absolutely. But I defend The Last Jedi, and I think it showed how good of a director Ryan Johnson is. And I think for people that that dislike The Last Jedi and, and, and crap on Ryan Johnson because he's not a good director, he ruined Star Wars, there's a reason why he was chosen to direct Star Wars, and it was because of the original content that he creates. He's a great director and a great writer. And I think Knives Out is going to be a great opening for people to watch the to watch Ryan Johnson do what he does great in original content and doing great original movies with great ensembles and kind of make his own movies. So I'm excited for people to go see it. I'm excited. I'm going to be seeing it on Friday. So this weekend I'll have a review out for you guys so you can hear what I think about the movie. Once again, directed by Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Christopher Palmer, Tony Collette, and so much more. Knives Out is the big film this weekend. Another film that's coming out that has been getting great reviews is Queen and Slim, directed by first-time director, feature film director, Melina Mustukas. She is a music film director and it stars Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith in her first major feature role. It's got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It says, stylish, proactive, and powerful, Queen and Slim tells a gripping fugitive story steeped in timely, thoughtful subtext. This is a movie that when I saw the trailers, I was riveted by it. It's got that Bonnie and Clyde style to it in a, in a more minority setting. You have two African-Americans that are on the run for shooting a, a lawman and which it inspires people on the streets, and it seems like it's going to be a very, uh, a very not political, but more of a, of a social movie that I think I've heard because of the of the gripping stuff that it does, the suspense, but also the chemistry between Jodie Turner Smith and Daniel Kaluuya apparently is phenomenal. It's off the charts, and it's one of the main reasons the relationship between the two works so incredibly well. And then, of course, the last movie I want to talk about, it's been in theaters for since the beginning of November, but it comes out for everybody to, to see now for Thanksgiving weekend, and that is The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring the, the phenomenal cast of Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesky, Harvey Keitel, the list goes on and on, Anna Paquin. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it reads as an epic gangster dr drama that earned his extended runtime. The Irishman finds Martin Scorsese re revisiting familiar themes in poignant, funny, and profound effect. This is something that I have looked forward to for a long time. I saw it a few weeks ago at the at the Belasco Theater with a friend of mine. I'm going to do a, a formal review on it later, but just to give a brief review on it, I this is one of my favorite movies of the year. It is everything I hoped it would be and more. It is a long movie, but it earns every single minute of its screen time. There's a reason for this movie being as long as it is. This is Martin Scorsese still at his finest. De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, they all deliver the kind of performances that you would want. Surprising performances, especially by Joe Pesci, who isn't the kind of performance that you would think from a Martin Scorsese movie, but he delivers. He hasn't skipped a beat. For somebody who's been out of film in Hollywood for nine years and hasn't really started a movie on this caliber for a long time, he hasn't skipped a beat. Pacino, to me, is the best part of this entire movie. The first hour, you could say that is the 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 dragged out hour. I didn't necessarily feel that, but once Pacino comes in as Jimmy Hoffa, there's just this injection of adrenaline that carries the rest of the movie throughout once he comes on screen. And it's just incredible I, I love this movie it's one of my favorites of the year i gave it a nine and a half out of ten but i'll have a more formal review about it later on in the week but if you want to stay at home 
You can divide it up throughout Thanksgiving weekend and see this movie in three and a half hours of gloriousness. But definitely go see it once again. Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesky in The Irishman. Guys, are you excited about any of these films? Will you be seeing this, Frozen 2, Knives Out, The Irishman? What will you be seeing this weekend? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And guys, that's going to be it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more amazing content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network. And also, be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. And check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. You can check them out on their website, ambiguousproduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, make sure to follow me on social media on Twitter, at Bissell Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook, at Sam Bissell. Also at the Sam Bissell Podcast. Guys, thank you again so much for tuning in and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I won't have a podcast episode tomorrow, but I will be back on Friday for the new episode of The Mandalorian and whatever may happen and come its way in terms of movie news, TV news on Friday. I'll probably be, if nothing major comes out, I'll be giving out my recap of the month of November, previewing December, and a whole lot more. I'll be back on Friday. But until then, guys, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey, whatever you'll be eating with your family members. Enjoy your family's time. And as always, keep on screening.